Welcome to Ampersand the Enigma podcast with me, your host, Rainbow Black. Hi, guys. Yes, we're still in lockdown, but the lockdown has been eased. And what have I been doing to get through it? Because there's days where I feel like I just, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know what day of the week it is. And everything is moving so fast. So as I said, um, the lockdown has been eased slightly. So now we can go out for longer walks. We can ex- exercise. We can play sport. We can socialize with one other person walking at a two meter distance. So we can go for dates if we want to, because some people are struggling. We've been isolated from their partners or even dating. I think people are taking this thing from tinder to the parks people are just craving human contact and they're missing their loved ones i've seen a crowd of children today i'm not sure they were social distancing because they looked like they were from different households they all had pajamas on and they were walking around their block so i'm not sure what was going on there i've seen a lot more families out on bikes and in regards to bikes, then now the government has said they they want us to go back to work. That's what's happened since we last spoke. They are now demanding that people go back to work if they can go back to work, if there isn't somebody in the household that is shielding, um, especially if they're key workers. So they're encouraging people to seek other ways of going to work, especially if you live in London. I haven't really mentioned the rest of the country, which I think is crazy. So if you're in London, they're saying, hey, cycle to work or walk to work or run to work. We don't really want you to take the public transport, which is an absolute joke. Because what did they do? They put up the congestion charge. So they turned it off for a few weeks and they put the congestion charge back on uh, for drivers and they put the price of the congestion charge back up or up should i say so i think it was about 11 pounds 15 now it's gone up to 15 pounds so every time you enter a congestion zone you're charged 15 pounds and it runs from 7 a.m to 10 p.m whereas before it used to shut off at six o'clock that is going to cripple commuters and it's going to cripple um businesses as well what i envision is that the businesses will have to add on the cost to their goods and pass it on to the consumer some businesses will go broke you know if you're a tradesman or a builder or somebody has to carry your tools you have no option but to drive into central london or through it you know a friend of mine um that's been on the podcast before keisha she has had to contemplate selling her car because she lives within a congestion zone. So you're putting a strain on ordinary families. Another thing, they're going to take free travel of school children. This is going to hit the disadvantaged, socially challenged, economically challenged families across London. How would their children get to school? Are they going to have to choose between uh, travel costs for the children and food or gas and electric you know they haven't thought these things through and also they're also taking the travel of elderly and 
disabled people. There has been a large outcry about that actually and I think that's going to be reversed. And I just don't think that these people are really thinking this through. Most MPs live within London so they don't have to pay the congestion charge. Um, it's very difficult to get around without having to jump on trains here. And also, what you're really doing is forcing people back to work, but you haven't put the message in place to clean the carriages. There will be no social distancing on the tube, I can tell you that, for free. They're normally packed, we're packed up like sardines. I'm normally, you know, literally kissing the door and I'm a disabled person, I can never get a seat unless I go after rush hour. You're more than likely to contract the, the virus if you're pressed up in, in someone's armpit, really. You know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. There is no social distancing, doesn't matter how many masks you put on, you're going to be touching everything on the train and it's not being disaffected. And then you're going to go off and you're going to spread it. And I really just think this is herd immunity by the back door. Another thing that's been happening is that they are pushing for the children to go back to school. The government, Priti Patel, Boris Johnson, Matt Hancock, they've all said that children should make a conscious effort to go back to school if they can because they need key workers basically to get back to it. But what they are saying is that the children's education is suffering. Trust me. They've missed far too much education already. And some parents are doing a very good job of homeschooling their children. Although it, we have to acknowledge it's a difficult thing to ask a child to quarantine for three months. They've been isolated from their friends. If they go back to school, what's the likelihood that children are going to be socially isolated? They're going to be so excited to see their, their school buddies. They're going to be hugging them and playing with them and, you know, getting in each other's spaces, as children do. You know, um, so I don't think they thought it through. And the teachers are petrified because they're saying the science is saying that children are not carriers. They cannot pass it on. But I think the teachers are sceptical of that because they might have it. And they might pass it on to each other. And they may be living with somebody who's elderly or somebody with underlying health conditions that would be put at risk. So, understandably, the teachers and the TUC, the teachers, um, the teaching union, are saying, no, until things are put in place and classrooms have been adjusted for the COVID-19 um, new normal environment, then no, our teachers will not be returning to school and they will be continuing to do online teaching and phone calls with the children, which is what's been happening, social uh, welfare checks, and things of that nature but um i don't think they're going to return to school um in june or july which is what the what the government is pushing for people are saying more likely september in regards to care homes which is the hub of this covid virus we've since found out that a lot of covid positive patients that were elderly were discharged into care homes which caused the, the, the vast, quick spread of uh, the virus to old people, which is why so many of them have um, lost their lives to um, the virus. Um, so there is outrage and an investigation going on 
into that. But of course, um, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, is is trying to downplay the whole situation. Oh my God, there's just so much going on. Supermarkets, there's still queues outside um, supermarkets. The other day, went to go to a supermarket, couldn't get in, had to queue. And I've got disability. There is no lines for elderly or disabled people. And it can be absolutely exhausting queuing to get in for food. And it just puts me off. I'd rather just use the small supermarkets, the local guys, and just support them. Because it's less strain on my body. Um, you know, it, it things have improved as things are opening slowly. You know, the fact that we can go out for longer is great. But the things that matter haven't improved. Testing is still not happening. There's still a hullabaloo with that. And now it's all about the tracking app. You know, how can we track these people that may be potential asymptomatic carriers? And it's just not happening. It's a complete disaster. I believe that the numbers were crooked. You know, we're supposed to have 30,000 people uh, tested by the end of, um, I think it was April. Just weren't really happening. So, guys, I have taken up walking. Walking, oh, my God, walking is giving me life. I started walking as soon as they um, eased the lockdown, and it is just providing me so much mental stability right now. When I get into this forest, which I've discovered near my home, I forget about everything. I forget about this virus, for one, what it's done to me, um, how I can't get to see my mum, because my mum actually contracted the um, virus, but she's in a care home, so I haven't been able to speak to her much or, or even see her. I haven't seen my mum for about... Oh, God, four months, and um, it can be quite stressful. Same with my dad. So when I walk, I forget about the stresses and strains of everyday life and worrying about work and meeting deadlines and not being able to sleep. I don't know if you guys have been having COVID dreams, but since I have started walking, I have stopped having those dreams. I'm having more pleasant dreams and a deeper sleep. As you know, I'm recovering from a stroke. I had my stroke four years ago, but my recovery stagnated and I was still struggling to walk and lift my leg. So since I started walking and it's, you know, quite rough terrain, some of it, I feel that my legs are getting stronger. My knees do swell, but you know what? It's a minor because this forest is like a magical place. There's so much greenery. I've actually recorded some audio for you to hear the sounds of this forest you know i've done it at different times in the morning and i'm literally just walking the weight off as well because i gained quite a bit of weight um and a lot of people spoke about that gaining weight feeling sluggish not having, having any energy this is giving me energy but it also gives me a really good sleep i'm watching probably less um netflix but wow i'm not a runner I'm not a rider, um, but walking is really making me feel fit and I'm just seeing more. Um, they say that walking improves your lung capacity, which is important, but also your eyesight because you're taking so much goodness. 
you know. But I will talk to you more about the walking. But yeah, get out, put your put your walking gear on, and just you know go and experience some good ass piranha, some nice fresh air. You know, I've cut down so many things. I'm eating more um, fruit and veg, just making myself lighter and feeling more energized. So these are some of the things I, I would definitely recommend. And I also do my yoga in the park as well. I don't care what I look like as long as I feel good within myself. Um, and I do this four days a week at the moment. I'm doing it with Terry and Terry is loving it because, um, you know, these times make you feel very anxious. So if you want to calm your mind, get better sleep, interact with your partner better, Feel like you're giving yourself the headspace to organise your week. Then walking is, is definitely for you. You know, and it's just a bit of personal space as well. Time to have a bit of personal space and time to yourself to just empty your mind. And you just find that you function better. And walking is one of the oldest, oldest form of exercises. I've been doing about 8,000 steps every time I go out. So 8,000 um, steps every three, every every two days even, you know. I can already feel my clothes getting um, loose. My hair is loving the sun because I also did a big chop. I chopped all my hair off right down to a, a baldy because my hair was falling out because of the lupus. And um, I was thinking, oh my God, I, I'm going to hate this. You know what? My hair is growing a lot and I am embracing the greys. I've been doing a lot of um, YouTube watching of people embracing going grey um, or embracing their silver locks, their wisdom locks. And that's what I'm doing. My hair is growing uh, curly and strong because it was breaking. So I'm just really looking forward to see um, what my hair does as well. As a natural black woman, it's a big thing. Hair is, is, is a thing that defines us as women. So having hair this short ooh, took a bit of adjusting to... I had to adjust to it, but I'm starting to fall in love with it. Very quick to wash, very quick to style, you know. Um, I think I was overwashing it at one point. But I just love the feeling of the sun on my hair. And in regards to the sun, what I noticed when I had a stroke was that I couldn't actually stand in the sun. So for four and a half years, I haven't been able to embrace the sun because it felt as though my skin had become light sensitive and now I don't know what's changed. So this is a segment on me walking in this forest that I've been going crazy about. I want you to just sit for two or three minutes and just listen to the sounds that this beautiful forest um offers the peace, the tranquility, the smells of elderflower and grass and sounds of the animals and the cool crisp air. Just take it in. The wind blowing the trees. It's just so beautiful. So tune in now. Here we go.
So what you're hearing is the sounds of nature. So I've come out for my hourly walk whilst one to quarantine and lockdown and I've discovered a beautiful forest in my area and it is stunning, absolutely stunning but to be surrounded by the sounds of birds, bees, water running is stunning. Step away from the computer screens and the phones, guys. This is what's missing. So, for those frontline facing workers um, working in NHS, um, Matt Hancock and Dominic Cummins and Boris Johnson have come up with this scheme where the family actually gets um, a death in service severance for them. But this is not open for the many bus drivers that have died. I believe that the number is 51 bus drivers at the moment. Um, people are coming onto the buses, understandably. They've got to get around. They've told us to go back to work. But before... They told us to go back to work and they um, started to slowly ease the lockdown. So you're carrying so many passengers that may have um, asymptomatic symptoms of the COVID virus. And then you're driving them along. There's no um, oxygen on the bus and it's all going back to you. So of course bus drivers are dying in their droves and they're mainly men um, in their 40s, 50s, 60s but they are not being offered um, any um, death in service payment from um, the government. This is also the same for TfL, Transport for London workers, um, who drive the trains or man the stations. They have also um, been dying at alarming rates. And again, they're from the BME community. These again are frontline facing jobs, bin men, frontline facing jobs, taxi men, frontline uh, facing jobs. And these people can't just afford to sit at home. They're not being furloughed anywhere, you know, so they have no choice but to go out and support their families. Same with um, nurses and other medical um, assisted um, people that work out in the community, care workers that go into uh, care homes. They are not being furloughed anywhere. So they have no choice but to go out and face what's in, in, in these environments. And it's, it's a sad indictment. Um, it's a sad indication of what this government just didn't do. They didn't give them PP equipment. They weren't ready for, for this pandemic, even though they had a test run in 2016. And a lot of the worries that have been flagged up now are actually coming into play. So they knew about this pandemic and they knew that they weren't prepared from doing that dry run. So there's a lot of negligence, I would say, um, they call it corporate, corporate manslaughter almost, or corporate negligence, because they knew um, that these materials would have needed to, to be available for this pandemic. The, the Nightingale, NHS Nightingale, the field hospitals that they've set up in different parts of the UK, they're no longer actually in use because the numbers are dropping at the moment um, because we could possibly go into a second wave. 
you know, and that's actually because the, the hospitals are saying we're, we're kind of quiet at the moment. Why are you quiet? We're in the middle of a pandemic and the numbers are apparently dropping. They're quiet because people are afraid to go to the hospital for routine illnesses such as heart problems, diabetes, strokes, other minor things that could happen. You know, you fall over, you break your leg, you 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 find a lump you don't you don't go further putting your health at risk you know so people are avoiding the hospital so we're kind of storing our store storing ourselves up for trouble here because people are so afraid the government slogans have really got into people's minds people are abiding by them so that's another health um pandemic restoring ourselves up for and i believe it's global i don't think it's just um exclusive to the uk so, so much is going on. So much is going on and we're not seeing very much of Boris, actually. There was a hashtag going around online saying, where is Boris? Because since he's had his baby, I can't even remember the baby's name. I don't know if it was Winston Churchill or something. Baby Winston. Um, Since he's had his baby with his partner, we've seen very little of him. And he did say that he wasn't going to take paternity leave yet he was going to wait until late summer it almost feels like we're in summer now having these you know 27 degree days and the people that seem to be running the government are his delegates matt hancock the nervous health secretary up and doesn't deliver and makes many excuses and then dominic cummins who just thinks he can drive his car far away to go and pick up um to go and pick up and drop off his kids in different counties whilst he's experiencing COVID-19 um, symptoms with his wife. And to top it all, he couldn't even see where he was going. You know, he was having problems with his eyesight that day because the man is a glasses wearer. And perhaps he should have went to Specsavers first before he decided to take that big, long drive. But he's basically saying he's done nothing wrong because he couldn't get a babysitter. There's many of us that would have liked to have um left london or wherever we are in the uk and gone and visited loved ones that were perhaps dying funerals were happening you know um i myself i've got two parents in birmingham i live in london they're both experienced this coronavirus they're both in care homes i could not go and see them i could not go to go and support my sister i could not go to see my brother so for over almost three months i've been riddled with worry but did I jump in the car I could have but on many occasions no I didn't so you haven't got an excuse you need to go you need to resign you know Boris Johnson has come out and said he did the right thing as a father come on stop with the emotional um blackmail stop with the emotive language even you know you're trying to make us feel empathy and sympathy for somebody we we have empathy but you're just lying so then the empathy's gone because it's like, I don't care what sounds right or wrong to you. This is Dominic Cummings. I did what was right for me. No, you were selfish. You lied. You left your house on three occasions to drive to a different part of the UK. You could have got other people, other family members that weren't displaying um, signs of COVID to go and pick up your kid. Or check on your parents. Whatever it is you went to do, what you actually took your virus self to a small town that couldn't cope if the hospitals um, did experience an outbreak because of your visit. Why is everybody outraged about this? Because he set the rules for social distancing and people were fined hundreds of pounds 
when they were found to be um breaking these 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 rules that he set. You know, it can't be one rule for MPs and one rule for us. Are we just the plebs in this? Are we just the lemmings? No, we're not. I think now people are going to stand up and actually talk and say what's on their mind and, and call a spade a spade. You know, we're fed up of the 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 one-sidedness of this relationship with our government. And finally, um, British people are going to stop being so damn polite. It's okay to complain. And not just when you've got to take something back to the shop. It's okay to say, we're not happy with your policies. They work for us, don't they? Have we forgotten that they're public servants and it's our money that's paying them? If we say NHS workers need a pay rise, then bloody give it to them. Because now they're talking about public sector workers, that includes myself, having a pay freeze. I can deal with that. I'd rather the nurses and doctors and care workers and bin men and bus drivers get a raise, actually. Seriously, because we know there's a magic money tree that they're being printing money off all of a sudden. Come on. We're waking up. We've been asleep for so long, the great British public. Some of us are waking up, some of us are not. Some of us are just running off to the beach to get a bronzy, some of us are not. You know, but the message is, has been dissolved, it's been rubbished, it's been frowned upon now because people say, well, if, if he can just make up excuses, still keep his job and go to a different town and see whilst he's experiencing COVID um, um, symptoms, then I'll, I'll do what the hell I want. I'll go and check my, my peeps in, in Liverpool or Nottingham or Birmingham or go to Cornwall and, and sit on the beach because the man who set the rules don't even stick to the rules. Same with Boris, he broke the rules. Another guy um, was seeing his secret lover. He resigned, so what's the difference? This guy needs to resign. Is he the one that's um, running the country? Is he the puppet master and Boris is just the ventriloquist doll? I think. I always said, you know, the Emperor's New Clothes. You, you must listen to that um, episode. So many people have sacrificed not going to a funeral or having to talk to loved ones on iPhones or iPads or or on FaceTime and you never get to see them again. They died alone, you know. So, yeah, quite passionate about this. It's been bubbling up inside me all week. I'm trying to think, what else has been going on? Oh, my God, yes, yes. Boris has made an announcement that schools have to and will open up on June the 1st. It's going to be primary school children first and then in July it will be secondary um, children. They haven't said anything about universities. If you are a university student, you now have to do most of your work online and um, with no classes or anything and students are pissed, understandably, because they're still being charged a lot of money for um, lectures that are not taking place. And people have kind of said to themselves, well, if I can do everything online, what's the point in me going to university? I could just do distance learning and get a degree that way and save myself, what, forty, fifty thousand pounds of debt for the rest of my natural life. And we don't know what the job market's going to look like after, to be fair. 
So that's a big debate that's going on um in universities for students. Why are they being charged these fees and can there, can there be a reduction? Can the courses just be done in a shorter amount of time? You know, because no lectures are being um run, should I say, or presented for people to come to. Because I'm I myself I I am a tutor, you know I run courses and I cannot do those courses um in a group now so I'm not having to rewrite all my material to deliver it over the phone. Trust me, it's hard work. So if tutors are doing that, I get it. Yes, definitely pay them because it, the blood, sweat, and tears of it, people. But I don't think um universities are worth nine grand a year, to be fair. You know, I didn't go to uni, but I have friends. My partner's been to uni. The debt is just phenomenal, you know. You can't even enjoy your qualification. You end up working in McDonald's or some clothing shop, and that's not actually what you studied to do because you're just worried about the the this debt, this chain around your neck. Um, apparently, talking about debt round your neck, um, but it's a good one. Mortgages are going to be easier to get now. So it's a buyer's market. Uh, quite a few people are looking around at houses. They've said that estate agents can now open back up and the market is ready for, for people to flock to. But people are saying, hold on a minute. So it's all right for me to go into someone's house to view it with my work when I could be carrying the covid but it's not all right for me to go and see my parents. There's a lot of confusion there again. Um, so that's the one thing that's happening if you're looking for a house, looking to relocate perhaps closer to the country. Because let's face it, if you live in a, a city, um, you've probably suffered, especially if you're from a low social economic background and you don't have a garden. You could actually relocate to the country and get more more bang for your buck, more space. So if you was to, if we did experience a second lockdown, then it wouldn't affect you. It wouldn't affect you because you'd have so much space around you, so much greenery, and you could walk around freely and not feel so stressed. I can tell you that's why I talk at work walking because I don't have a garden. I've got a very small apartment, you know, and it's in a sun trap, so. Yeah, if I had money, I would definitely relocate to the country, somewhere like probably Norfolk or something, Cambridge. Um, so estate agents are back open. As of July the 2nd, all um, non-essential shops will be open. So that's your hairdressers, your gyms, your shoemakers, your opticians. Don't know about dentists yet because I keep seeing... Um, advice online if you've got any teeth problems because it's a very close contact unless you're wearing a shield and they're wearing a shield and there's going to be a lot of disinfecting because i'm sure a lot of people have probably been suffering toothache because we've been consuming a lot of cakes and biscuits and chocolates and all that good stuff you know with all the sugar that's going to be attacking your teeth we've done a lot of snacking because we've been watching a lot of netflix right so i know that garages are opening up because people are travelling around more. Car washes I've seen this week. Supermarkets still have ridiculous queues. But I think um, 
and restaurants actually are going to open, not just for takeout. I've seen cafeterias that you can drink your coffee outside, alfresco, they're opening. The traffic of people has increased, the roads are busy again. I would say lockdown feels like it's over. Don't know about um nail salons and stuff and, f- and places that do your feet because it's summer now. People are probably quite frightened to show their feet or they might have been doing their own. Who knows? Um, if it's safe, and I'm really sceptical about this, I'd love to get a shape up because, as I said, I cut my hair and, um, you know, just to give it a bit of edge. But I don't know if I want somebody breathing behind me and actually I'm in that high-risk group having lupus I can't just go and place myself anywhere so I might have to just continue for another six months and get my partner to do their best marking it around and stuff but it's growing um don't know about swimming pools gyms still seem a bit iffy but I think they're probably going to try and give it a go I can only imagine the planning that's going into this schools confused me actually because they said Kids won't get lunch anymore, but they can bring a lunchbox, but they can't bring a pencil case. And I was just baffled. If anybody's got the answers, why there's a difference between a lunchbox, somebody, a kid bringing their lunchbox and a kid bringing their pencil case. Because the teachers are going to have to spend absolutely hours disinfecting pencils. And, oh God, you know, that's that's really off-putting. I'd just rather just buy some cheap ones and throw them away. But that could be expensive. Schools don't have money. This is like an extra hidden cost. And how much assistance are they getting from the government? Because it sounds as though they're starting to um, stop shaking that magic money tree. He's reducing the furlough payments from 80% to 60 But he's now uh, extending the furlough until October for those white collar workers that are that don't have to go and do frontline facing work yeah that can go and do other things and actually they they were saying um they want furlough workers to go and help with picking the fruit because they can't afford to import the eastern european workers they reckon that the website crashed for it but we haven't heard much since then because the wages very low you know which is why they fight they which is why they fly in foreign workers in the first place so yeah be grateful for having really nice fruit throughout summer have gratitude that was the word i was looking for have gratitude when you're eating your your red berries and your grapes and your watermelon and all those other nice fruits. I've kind of gone mad on raspberries right now. Raspberries and blackberries. And sometimes blueberries, depending on what mood. But yeah, I'm trying to get fully into that. And even my celery and cucumber. And I've gone mad on spring onions. I love them anyways. Very much a part of our culture, um, Caribbean culture. But we don't actually call it spring onion. We call it scallion. You got any scallion? You know, because it just flavours the food really nice, especially if you're cooking something like chickpeas, which I've gone absolutely nuts on. Um, But yeah, guys. (coughs) TV-wise, 
I've been binge watching a lot of crap TV. Sometimes I can't even, sometimes the TV's just watching me. And I'm, because you know, you get tired, you get lazy, you get sluggish, your routine's quite reduced. But I've been watching some crap TV. Um, What was it called? Monogamy. And it was based on about six, 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 um, couples it was based on six couples that were having issues their relationship was kind of died so emotionally they'd already left the uh, the relationship and they were just going through the motions and they signed up to this experiment to see just how strong they were how switched on they were it kind of highlighted a lot of the issues in their relationships and they put them with different couples actually so it was like a, a wife and husband swap to see how compatible they would be if they would talk about the issues they had in their marriage and all of them actually ended up making out some had sex some didn't some just spoke some got things out of their system you know um by having sex and by saying come on why don't we get together because actually I click so much better with you than I do with my husband I haven't spoken to my husband like this for years and then some people, it made their relationship stronger. But then there was like a twist where the woman fell pregnant for one of the guys in the experiment. And things just started to get really dark and lots of stuff came out. I don't want to spoil it for you, but monogamy, it makes you really think about why people stay in relationships and what keeps them there. And um, how much baggage we all have. I think that was the biggest thing for me. We all have baggage. There's no such thing as um, perfection. We've all had experiences before we've chosen um, any of our partners. And sometimes a lot of this stuff is unresolved and it comes out in our new relationships. So before we move on, I think we don't always give it, give ourselves time. We just want to fill that gap. Um, you know, I was speaking to somebody um, throughout this, this lockdown period and says, you know, they split up with a partner they're now finding it really hard being isolated and um, alone. They miss the partner, but they don't miss the drama that kept on going back. And they've been using Tinder and plenty of fish and not getting much luck. They've gone on dates and they've met these women and the women have been a bit ropey or they've got so much baggage and or they're still in love with their ex or... They only wanted sex, which shocked shocked him as a man. And I said, well, men think like that all the time, don't they? They're just going in for the sex. And actually, these apps are just hookup sites. They're sex apps, right? And he said, but I don't think I need more than that. Anyway, the woman went into me. She said, you know, you ain't, you're not my type, but we've been talking for hours every night on the app. And she's like, yeah, let's link. And then... At the end, she was like, yes, it was nice to meet you, but um, I'm not attracted to you. And it was, it, he said, it, it was cold. <laughs> he was not expecting that. He goes, well, what are they looking for? And I was like, Phew. she said she's, she's looking for something physical. You're looking for something completely different. You're looking for a relationship. You're looking for perfection. There isn't such thing as perfection because you're not perfect. You've had your hurdles that you've had to climb over and you're still working and I says that's all of us that's why those apps are there and actually it's fucking lockdown what are you doing <laughs> hooking up with people for like covid dates I hope you socially distance you know 
I mean, we had a laugh about it, but um, yeah, he said it dented his confidence and um, he doesn't think he's going to bother with the apps anyway. This morning I woke up, he's showing me a new, a new honey. So he got over it pretty quick, you know. But um, I think dating has been particularly difficult um, in this period and people are just struggling with, with the isolation. There was a guy on um, YouTube... Um, Malcolm, MJ, yeah. Um, he got into a relationship with his gay boyfriend or boy, um, kind of fuck buddy really, and wanted to take it to the next level. And the guy was like, "No, I don't do monogamy." There's that word again. I don't do monogamy. I am polyamorous, and I want to see other people. I want to be able to sleep with other people. Um. Whilst we're in this lockdown, it's cool to be monogamous because it is what it is. I'm saying in your house, I'm being looked after, but nah, I'm not really trying to go there. And the other guy was just gutted. This Malcolm guy, MJ, was gutted. And he was like, oh my God, you know, I just feel really used. And I thought you wanted the same things as me. And that's not what I'm looking for. Oh, you're going to have to leave now. And everybody's saying it was kind of a bit staged and fake. And you weren't listening because this guy was actually a porn star. You weren't listening to the signs. You, you saw what you wanted to see. Or was it just for the internet? Who knows? It was quite sad because they're not... Well, MJ's not young. He's in his 30s and he's clearly looking for a relationship. But you're looking for it in the wrong places. It's very difficult in the gay community to... find compatible partners that want to take relationships seriously and you can build something with them. You know, it's, it can be very sexual, more so for the men, I would say. Um, but yeah, relationships are hard. So I watch Monogamy. I'm still watching Better Call Soul. You know, that is just amazing. That is all about relationships and feeling like a failure and still trying to make it and not making any changes but wanting change, which is what a lot of people do. If you want something different, you have to try something different or think differently in order for things to, you know, slide into a different gear. It's like going down a, a dead end and saying, why am I not getting anywhere? Because you keep driving down that same road, you know? You know the answers within yourself. Sometimes we just don't want to face them because the truth hurts, right? So that's what Bitter Call Soul is about. It's about, you know, trying to make it in lots of fragmented relationships and, um, fear and and drugs and where it can take you and greed you know and sacrifice all all these things i love it i don't even want it to finish i'm on season four but besides that there's actually just there's, there's too much to watch on netflix so i just feel like i don't have the headspace i think the next thing i've been recommended to watch is dead dead to me which i heard is quite a complex story um yeah, I tell you what I did enjoy, and it's not the kind of program I would normally watch. I think it's called Selling Sunset, and it's all about these glamorous um women that work for these two guys, uh, these two twin brothers, and they sell million trillion dollar houses to people in Hollywood. So interesting to get an insight into that. But the girls were so bitchy. It was the in the end it was the bitchness I was watching it for, not even the houses. The houses were just mind blowing. I was like <gasps> I shouldn't be watching this because 
I'll I'll never be able to afford anything like that. I mean, we're talking land space, man. I can't even play my decks because my flat is so small and I'll get in trouble if I play my music too loud. So that's why I haven't done any DJ sets, guys. Um, It's really killing me, actually. Because in my old house, I used to do um, an IG live set every Friday night and it was just amazing. So I'm being stifled. I can see so many people are doing DJ sets and I'm like, oh, I want to play my decks. You know, um, but yeah, Selling Sunset is definitely one to watch. If you love beautiful houses, beautiful women and a little bit of bitchiness, it's it's actually really good insight into um, how people operate in the workplace and how it, work is a dog-eat-dog dog world. You know, whether you're earning million-dollar commissions or not, whether you're wearing Prada and Louis Vuitton or not, you know, um, people want to get ahead. The world is competitive. People step over each other to get where they're going. I'm just not really on that. I just try and keep myself to myself. You know, work is work. I get a lot of value and joy out of it, but real life takes precedence over that, especially this, especially this is what this COVID thing has brought home to me take care of what's going on at home and within yourself don't just make everything about work you know work will always be there regardless and I think on that note I'm going to end it there I hope you enjoyed the podcast and the little live tribute to um I hope you enjoyed the podcast and the little um insight into my walking um Get out there, walk, enjoy the sunshine, get on a bike, don't stay in the house. The lockdown is easing um, and we just see how we function in this new normal world that's unfolding in, in front of us, right? Um, it's just, there's just so much going on. There's Actually, before I go, the man getting shot in America... Ugh, it was just horrible. I'm just I'm just so tired of hearing about these things. Um people getting um shot with tasers because they're not observing um social distancing, shot because they're going into a construction site to look at a house, which is what many people do. You know, their life's been taken away. There's a lot of um lynching going on. These are mainly black men that are being targeted during this lockdown, you know. Being dragged out of a supermarket by police because you haven't, because you've got a mask on, and you're a black male, you know everyone's got their mask on. You're being asked to leave, you know. So there's a lot of racial profiling going on, and it just makes it quite frightening. Even even in the UK as well, um, people being fined. So this is why this Dominic Cummings thing has really gotten to a lot of people's skin. Well, give people back their fines then, because you've broken the laws too. And he's not the only one. But people are out in abundance now in beaches and stuff. So things are lifting up. So let's see where we go from there. Guys, I'm out. I'm off ski. I'm off ski. Junior Black the Cat also sends you a meow. He's struggling with the heat. But we have now got a dehumidifier so we're trying to cool him down that seems to be working but he's very restless so if you have pets make sure you're leaving out plenty of water for them put ice cubes in the water to hydrate them and 
play with them as well they get very restless um house pets and just enjoy this time because we are on our way to a new normal world whatever that looks like so take care you know what to do rate subscribe recommend share and for those of you that have been leaving me messages to say you love the episodes thank you so much i see you and i really appreciate you thank you i will continue to try and deliver you a podcast at least once a month things are very busy for me at the moment but no thank you for the support keep on keep on sharing people and stay safe take care peace out thank you for listening to ampersand enigma podcast to listen to more episodes on your favorite podcast platforms Tune in now on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Republic. And you can also catch me on Apple Podcasts as well. So tune in, download the apps and enjoy. And remember to rate and subscribe to show your support and spread the word. Thank you so much from your host Rainbow Black.